I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of the Wall Street Journal. To avoid misunderstanding, a French film called Les Intouchables, which means, of course, The Untouchables, comes to us with a hybrid title, The Intouchables. It's not quite English, but neither does it evoke crime fighters in 1930s Chicago. This hugely likable comedy is set in contemporary Paris. It's loosely based on a true story, and it finds unlikely uplift in a friendship between two men who are untouchables in different ways. Philippe, a white, wealthy aristocrat left quadriplegic by a parasailing accident, and Driss, a black ex-con from the projects who becomes Philippe's caretaker. There's still room for misunderstanding in the script's manipulation of racial and cultural stereotypes, but see it as a fairy tale and you'll enjoy it. A fairy tale with a feel-good ending that must be felt to be believed. If time travel worked as well for us as it works for Will Smith's Agent J in Men in Black 3, we could go back to the summer of 1997 and be astonished all over again by the original and now classic Men in Black. Since that's not an option, we're left with our memories, and we can't help but weigh them against the memories to be of this latest sequel. Men in Black 3 was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld and shot in excellent 3D. It suffers from problems that afflict almost every time travel plot. The script is all over the place and dramatically diffuse. Still, the film is packed with gorgeous effects and entertaining creatures. Agent J's travels take him back to someone who really makes the whole adventure worthwhile, Josh Brolin's Agent K as a startlingly pleasant younger man who still foreshadows the older grump, played by Tommy Lee Jones. The script explains the change in elaborate detail, but the performance defies explanation. It's mysteriously marvelous. Wes Anderson's beguiling and endearing Moonrise Kingdom is set on a mythical island off the coast of New England in 1965. It starts with kids in what appears to be an overgrown dollhouse listening to Benjamin Britten's The Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. For a while, it seems as if Anderson is trying to imitate the storybook look and animation techniques of his previous feature, Fantastic Mr. Fox, but his new film in radiant live action is very much its own creation. It's an adult's guide to young love. The lovers are two 12-year-olds, Jared Gilman's Sam and Cara Haywood's Susie. They're made for each other, and they know it after meeting at a church pageant. As in all of Wes Anderson's films, the adult world does not come off well. Most of the grown-ups are completely clueless about what to do when Sam and Susie run away together and vanish into the wilderness. What's clear to us, though, is that Sam and Susie are headed toward adolescence on a voyage of self-discovery and that they love each other intensely, even though they don't have a clue to what comes next. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.